Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. I'm Wendy Cherry, your host, and I'm super excited about today's guest. Today's guest is Cordelia Gaffar. She is an international best-selling published author, certified in sports nutrition, hostess of the Replenish Me show, a former corporate accountant and founder of Workout Around My Day. And then this is like the biggest one, a mom of six. What? (laughs) Okay, I'm tired already from hearing this bio. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, and so a little bit more about uh, Cordelia After the birth of her second child, she sought medical attention for postpartum depression, extreme weight gain, which led to her studies in nutrition, exercise, and mindset. And with that, in less than a year, she lost over 60 pounds, found her sanctuary, became nourished and energized. And with that transformation, it became her mission to hone that superpower and help other women to do the same. So with that, she helps women sweet talk themselves out of chaos. And we're going to get into that a little bit later by showing them how to build a sanctuary to be nourished, energized and achieve bliss, calm and fulfillment. And I mean, really, I don't know anybody who doesn't want that. That sounds peaceful. Yes, that sounds amazing. So (laughs) let's get right into it. Please um, let me know. So let's go back to the. To the six kids. Let's talk about that first. How, how old are they? <laughs> right. So my oldest one just turned 18. Wow. And left home. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like three days later. Okay. Yeah. So now how how are the other kids feeling that <laughs> they the, miss the first her. baby is gone? Okay. Yeah. They okay. miss her a lot. But my 16-year-old, 14-year-old, they're not really ready to step into those shoes, yes. the responsibility. And, you know, you just never realize how much... Uh, a person contributes right. until they're not there. Right. And uh, we're so we're negotiating uh, who's going to take over, you know, her role. Right. Okay. Then, but interestingly enough, my 11-year-old son is up to the task. Oh. Because he's already like taking care of the baby crew. So, you know, it's like they're in sets. So yeah. my my oldest three are two years apart each, and the last three. Are, I don't even know what happened. It was like three years, and then three years, and then four years. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old as well. And wow. he is, he'll start the day by making breakfast. Oh. Yeah. And um, make sure that his, his baby sisters, you know, have what they need and set them up for their lessons. Yeah. Oh, okay. That sounds awesome. Okay. So um, tell me a little bit about 
you're saying that your son, the 11 year old, will set them up for their lessons. So that means they're not running out to a bus stop. That's right. Right. Okay. So you homeschool. I homeschool. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that and how you can keep <laughs> some sanity and feeling nourished and be in a sanctuary when you got kids at home and you're homeschooling them at different le- different age ages yeah. and stuff. Okay. It's... I don't think I could do it any other way. We have tried like private school, religious okay. school, and public school. Okay. I can't be on somebody else's schedule. So homeschooling is really a natural flow extension of parenting for me. Okay. Right? So I, I started when my oldest was four. Okay. And I, obviously I chose, you know, not to work outside the home anymore and start a business. I was an accountant, like I said. so. I started a bookkeeping business, of course, at okay, first. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, yeah, that's my jam, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, when you don't have to go to an office and do it for somebody else, maybe it's not my jam. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but what naturally, you know, flowed out of that was, you know, with my postpartum recovery, I okay. call it. Okay. I really got into the the flow of making sure that every day I started with prayer and with building that sanctuary, okay. with exercising, making sure that I'm nourished. Yes. And and then, you know, wake up the children and show them how to do the same. Right. And, you know, go ahead and start our lessons. So, whenever I've put them in school, it kind of threw us off schedule for right. that, and there was less peace and harmony. Now, a question. You said that with your postpartum recovery, you still decided to take the time to nourish yourself. Was that instinctual? Like, how did you know to do that? Most moms don't know how to do that. They're just in the hamster wheel, overwhelmed. How did you know to do that? So it was pretty simple. I went to the doctor at my six-week appointment, and you know I had complications in the third trimester, and um, so I wasn't expecting it to spill over till after the baby. Gotcha. But when I went to that six-week appointment, I was like, "Doc, I don't know what's up. I'm mm-hmm. crazy," mm-hmm. you know, and like I don't recognize my body. I had gained like a lot more weight than I did with my first one. Okay. And um, she was like, oh, we have a pill for that. Right, of course. So I was like, okay, let's just slam brakes here for a minute and reset. I don't, I'm not going to pop a pill. I didn't tell her that. Right. But I, <laughs> I decided I'm going to go home. I know like I had like read some article about um, in France, they deal with mental health through changing diet. Okay. So I did some research about how to recover postpartum. And stumbled across another article that said that when you have a male child, my second born was a boy, okay. that your body is depleted um, of nicene, which is one of the vitamin Bs, mm-hmm. because of the testosterone during, yeah. Who knew? And like, you would think your doctor would tell you that. Right, right. <laughs> so obviously, with it being one of the Bs, Bs, you know, that controls your adrenal system, I decided, okay, so what foods can I eat to beef that up? Okay. And so that's why I always go back to nourishing myself. And whenever I'm feeling a little off, I'm like, mm, do I need to do more fats? You know, is it more nuts? 
is it? You know, because the the best form of bees and protein are really plant based. Okay. I'm not vegan. Uh huh. But I find that when I when I choose to eat more plant based foods, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like coconut milk and coconut oil, those things, it's like my brain is getting a massage. Right. And right. my kids notice it. They're like, mom just had her medicine. <laughs> right. The food is the medicine. That's it what is. they say. That's what we know. It is. So that sounds awesome because I wish that I'd known you in <laughs> November 2002. So I actually had hyperemesis gravidarum. Have you ever heard of hyperemesis? So it is the nth degree of um, nausea. Um, oh, okay. This and is yeah. This is this was when I was pregnant. I had what they call hyperemesis gravidarum. At that point in 2002, only two percent of women in the U.S. and Canada experienced it. And an author in the 1700s wrote about it. That was the first documented time that anybody had ever written about it, right? And most women committed suicide. Wow. Because of it, because it's so stressful. And normally, if you have it with one pregnancy, you'll have it for the rest of the pregnancies. Yes. So most women who have hyperemesis don't have once, which is why I just have my one little baby. Yes. Because um, it was so emotionally stressful. Uh, my body lost 26 pounds. Yes. You know, and they say that the baby acts as a parasite on the body. So you, the baby's being nourished, but I never was able, she took everything. So I would, I knew to after a while, and they tell you it's going to happen the entire time. So then you're mentally set up for soon as I open my eyes in the morning, I'm going to be on this major roller coaster of nausea. Wow. And then they say there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't very reaffirming for me, you know, <laughs> right. because then mentally I'm going, I got nine more months of this. I got seven more months of this. And it was, so I understand the committing of the suicide because you, you just don't know what to do. Other people have what they call therapeutic abortions mm. because of they just can't take it, right? right. Um, I stuck it out. I don't know how I stuck it out. I was on a pick line. I got fluids for 12 hours a day from 7 p.m. as soon as I got home from work because I'm still working now. Oh my. Still working. I just had my little spit cup at my desk, had the, uh, the trash can at my desk, and everybody knew if she starts running to the bathroom, get out the way, <laughs> right? They were, you know, my coworkers were very compassionate. Um, and so I would get on my pick line because I was at the hospital so much, they were blowing my veins. Mm. They couldn't, you know, put a stick in. So at um, by that point, I had to get a pick line, which is an automatic, like a little shunt they put into that you can just hook up. Oh, wow. So I hooked up to fluids for 12 hours a day from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. for like three months. It wow. was, so you're thinking of an IV bag, yeah. an IV bag, that's what, like picture an IV bag. And so once I was able to kind of get off of that, all I drank was boost every day. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing I could keep down. And then if I tried to eat food, I knew to try to take it in. It was going to come back up and then save the other half of the plate to to try to get some nourishment. I was taking Flintstone vitamins and I couldn't do smells. Yeah. So now all of these things 
I had no idea about meditation. I knew about praying, right. you know, and, and the spiritual system I was in at that time, I knew about praying. I also knew that people didn't necessarily believe that it was this bad. Yeah. So I kind of got, even from the doctors, yeah. I kind of got the side eye, like, she's here again. You know what I'm saying? I know. And um, so that is even more emotional stress. Yes. But I tell you, the day that they pulled her out, I remember it's like they pulled her out and then there was blue stars and orange diamonds and green clovers. <laughs> I felt so much better. And she was born right before Thanksgiving. So... You My first meal eat. was some turkey, some, <laughs> some, you know, stuffing and some mashed potatoes from the hospital. It was the first thing that I that I kept down. So now I don't recognize my body. Right. Right. And and now I'm a mom. Yeah. And overwhelmed. Yeah. And like what in the world? And I remember when my mom, my mom came to visit, of course. And when she was about to leave, I remember looking at the little baby in the cart on the deck, you know, we had her on the table and right. she's just looking at me and I'm like, what am I going to do? Yeah. I don't know how, to, I don't know nothing about take care of no babies, seriously. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't, I have a younger sister, but I didn't have that role. I wasn't even a babysitter, you know? Right. So I didn't have that role. So I'm stressed out and I'm about to jump on my mom's leg and let her drag. Um, she was going to drag me, but then I knew she would be stressed out, so I didn't say anything. So mm -hmm. then I stuffed it. So now here I am, a brand new baby, you know, a, a relationship that's not like at 100% and trying to figure out how to take care of myself. And I had none of these tools other than a straight will to survive. Yeah. So I think for our listeners who may be going through whatever it is, whether it's babies or any kind of um, situation where you're stressed out, I can't wait to hear some of the tools you're going to give us because we were, you know, and we're also taught as brown women, black and brown women, we got to be strong. Oh, that's right. Like suck it up, take mm -hmm. it in. You know, you're strong. You'll be okay. My mom did it. Your grandmother did it. You know, you'll be okay. And I, I'm here to say, it's not okay. And you know, emotionally, spiritually, all those things, physically, all those things are, can really take us down. And, and we are seeing the repercussions of all of us sucking things down and stuffing it and not being, um, not being like our, like what we're, ha what, what's happening to us is real. Yeah. So like there was this, um, I guess uh, Serena Williams is the one who brought it to the forefront, but I think we've always known it. She had, she was her own advocate right. when she was pregnant and having issues. I remember trying to say, I'm nauseous. Yes. Ginger ale's not going to cut it. That's right. And I just threw up all over your floor. And don't you see, like, this is extra. What do you mean I still have to go to work? You yeah. know, like, what do you mean? Just get it together. And keep pushing through. So this sanctuary, and I'm glad that we both have a semblance of sanctuary. The sanctuary is for us to talk about these things that um, kind of taboo to talk about, but for us to have a voice and say, it's not okay. And there are things you can do to nourish yourself and to self Preserve. Yes. Pass the self-care. We, You know, bubble baths are good. Sea salt baths are good. Go and get your nails done. Getting a massage, that's good. But we're talking about self-preservation. And that was the only thing that pretty much got me through was that I just had a will 
to survive. You know what I'm saying? So I, I please can, share. Oh, yeah. You know, that was a lot. I know, but that's just my experience. But that's perfect because you know you're bringing me back. So when he got here, mm-hmm. he was the opposite of my daughter. Right. Like I gained 25 pounds with her. She came out. I nursed her for six weeks. I'm back in my jeans. Right. Right. And she nursed and she slept for five hours and she looked in my eyes when she had to poo. Yeah. You know, he was like just loud and like mom your whole life is all about me okay so and fortunately for you you had a mom but um a couple of things about me at that time before I got married like three years before my dad and my mom died in consecutive years I'm the youngest of four right all my sisters live out of state and um as part of you know coming overcoming my grief i went on a spiritual journey and became muslim so then okay. my friend group was completely different right? right so no friends no family and just my husband and me mm-hmm. and um so that was my support system and um what really made me you know it, it was it was about realizing my doctor wasn't there for me, just like you recognized, right? Right. She was trying to give me pills. Right. And, you know, I had already decided that that's not me. Yeah, we grew up very natural. Um, my my mom, my grandmother, you know, had like kitchen garden kind of thing, and we used herbs and stuff. So I wasn't about to take pills, and I was nursing. I okay. had chosen to nurse. So... I had a problem clearly connecting with my son, right? Because he was loud, noisy, right. didn't recognize my body, and I was like all out of sorts in my head. So I, I, that was my driving force. I was like, I am going to be a loving, compassionate mother right. to this boy, mm-hmm. this brown boy, mm-hmm. right? So my, you know, my husband's not black, but he's Bengali, so we're all brown, right? Right. And it matters because when people look at him, they're just going to see a black boy, brown, right? You know, or a brown right. boy. Yes. And um, I said, you know, if I can't pull it together, he's going to grow up and be a psycho, and that's all wow. I cared about. I was right. like, okay, so. Going back to the food, I was like, okay, got to eat this okay. because that'll give me more um, breast milk. Okay. Got to make sure that I'm, you know, touching his skin more. Mm-hmm. I got to make sure that um, my daughter has a good relationship with him too. Right. So I, I chose to co-sleep. Okay. So for me, that was the beginning. I know all of it sounds like a little like, you know, like... We're, you know, brown women, we're not taught that, right? Right. right. You don't co sleep, you put that baby over there, right? Make that baby sleep, right. But no, I was like, I want my kids to be loving and I want them to love each other. And maybe with my daughter being there, it will settle my son. Right. That didn't work. Okay. But but anyway, I, I did ultimately just stay in the room with my son. And that's where my body soul shift came from because. In order to calm him down, I would nurse him, and I would end up dancing with him. Ah. And the movement helped me to reconnect with my body mm-hmm. and feel really good. And also holding him and the movement helped him to calm down. 
so he wouldn't cry and you know I would um, recite surahs right so mm-hmm. that's in Arabic um, to you know like prayers to make him fall asleep okay and it was very nourishing right but it got to a point because as soon as he fell asleep I would put him down and then he'd start making noise again so at some point I had to, to really dive deeply and I said okay I'm going to sweet talk myself. I'm going to make sure that we have a bubble of love. Mm-hmm. And so like all these things, I had no idea I'd still be doing this. Okay, It's like over the years, that bubble of love, now that all my kids are independent and they don't co-sleep, mm-hmm. right? Now it's that bubble of knowing what makes me happy. Right. Right. So reaching back to when I was a little girl, I loved to paint. When I was a little girl, I loved to dance. Mm -hmm. And doing those things for myself. Right. That is not a spa day, but it certainly massages my brain first thing in the morning. Right. And okay. And um and then it's setting boundaries, right? So now that the kids are not co-sleeping anymore, it's like, okay mom is going to need some time, right? Because I'm homeschooling. Right. Mom's going to need, you know, you're going to have to make sure that you're getting your lessons done by this time because if you're going to need assistance, mom's not going to be available. Right. Right? So the boundaries and the discipline kind of incorporate the the self-nurturing for myself, right? Gotcha. So they know that they need to do their lessons by a certain time mm-hmm. and mom's going to need her, like, reset. Right. Mom doesn't have a reset. Monster mom comes out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes monster mom. Right. And then, um, and then my choices, you know, like, I can choose to have a candy bar or a stabilized bar. And um, mm-hmm. so I was fortunate enough when I started my business to connect with Stabilize and they have this awesome protein bar. It's the only one that I promote, mm-hmm. and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, when I have a chocolate craving, my choice can be stabilized bar or, you know, a ethically sourced dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. And either is okay, mm-hmm. but if I'm going with the ethically sourced dark chocolate, it's one square. Mm-hmm. and savoring each morsel. Mm-hmm. Because when we, we don't even realize that, but when we eat slowly, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mindful eating is like the new buzzword. Yeah. My grandma taught me this. So when you eat, because that was a thing that was like, she used to, she was a Cherokee Indian. So she used okay. to have us um, see who could chew 50 times before right. swallowing. <laughs> it's true. And I'm just starting to do that. It never happens because I'm usually like whoosh, whoosh, shoveling it right. in. right? So I'm trying to chew and start the digestive process and let it go all the way through. Yeah. So I know. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't like space it out but I hope that you know our listen listeners are able to follow mm-hmm. you know the the parts and the pieces that make up the sanctuary knowing what makes you happy and creating that bubble for yourself right setting those boundaries making sure that you're communicating by your words right and your behavior right to those people that you work with right you know live with 
there are certain things that you need and they're going to have to stay on right. that side of it. And that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's tough. It Creating is. boundaries because yeah. we're taught to just do whatever everybody says to do and to suck it up because we don't want to get fired or we want to make sure we get the raise or we want to be a team player or whatever. So that's, you know, that's easier said than done. But I feel like it's one of those things that you practice and uh, work like a muscle just a little bit here and there, just, you know, no, I don't want you to touch my hair today. Right. Or no, I don't want to have this conversation. Or no, I'm not going out to lunch with you all today. You know, just starting to speak up for the things that make you feel good. And, you know, it's so interesting. Somebody taught me a few years ago to go back to a memory mm. that makes me feel happy. And um, whenever I'm, like, feeling stressed out, go back to that memory and... Just remember what it felt like to be there, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a nourishing memory. And that is always me being on the eastern shore of Virginia with my grandparents. And I used to sleep in their bed (laughs) and I'd be in the middle. Right. And I and my grandma used to call me the kick monster because the cover and the kick monster. I was always kicking, always stealing the covers. And they loved it, you know, because we only came down there for the summer times and on holidays. But in that, sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night and granddaddy would be over here to the left and grandmommy would be right there. And then their window was always open because we'd be there in the summer. Right. And they had a field across the street and there was a street light there. And I just remember being a little kid just laying there. Picture me with my hands behind my head, <laughs> feet crossed at the bottom. I'm like six. I'm in between all this love. And then I see this light and I feel peace, mm. like the most peace that I've felt you know, I always go back to that. Right. That's a super nourishing, loving, peaceful place that if I can remember how I felt there, yes. then I can deal with the other things. So that that is one thing that I talk about nourishing. And then if we're talking nourishing, there are so many ways to nourish. Yes. Food is definitely one of them. So cravings, like you said, if you're having a craving and you want some chocolate, it's because you want pleasure. Yes. And the brain says the dopamine in the brain is just like, I need to have my fix. And, the, you know, the interesting thing is um, that when we nurse, when we nurse, there is a little bit of sugar in the breast milk. Right. So then the brain at the first meal, whether the child nurses or they get it from a bottle, there's also sugar in that, too. Right. So the brain says this is safe. And the brain will always want to connect to that pleasure, to that feeling of feeling good. Because usually, let's just go with the nursing. Right. That's very, um, as a bonding experience for the mom and for the baby. Um, the baby feels safe. The mom is feeling all the emotions that she's feeling of looking at her baby and everything. But the baby, the brain is going, this is good. This is safe. So now we're always looking for sugar and we're always looking for that that security. security and um, that feeling again. So sometimes we have, not sometimes, the U.S., the West has gotten us addicted on sugar. Yeah. So we're addicted on, to sugar looking for that nourishing feeling. So sometimes when you think about it, and this is for the listeners, like a little tip. If you feel a craving for something, just know it's because 
there are a few different reasons it could be. One could be you're just hungry. <laughs> you could be hungry, right? Yes, yeah. One could be you're thirsty. Yeah. One could be and just or just drink some water. Yeah. One could be you're just tired and overwhelmed. So maybe take a nap. And then like we're taught to not take a nap. We're taught taught to hustle. We're That's taught right. to push through, make it happen. Let me just finish this five last emails. <laughs> no, just like maybe take a twenty minute nap. But then the other thing is you might just need a hug. You might just need a hug. You don't need the candy bar necessarily. You don't need the sugar. You'll still get the same pleasure from the hug or from the holding of your child or your spouse's hand or your significant other's hand or rubbing of the back of the child when they're sitting next to you or um, getting a crack up laugh. You know, you know those are ways to nourish as well. We do not have enough touch. That is so true. And like when I talk about nourishment, Mm -hmm. those are the three things. It's wholesome food, Mm -hmm. um, positive thoughts, and quality time. Okay. So talk to us about the importance of touch. So when you're touching, you you heard me talk about um, having to do the skin to skin with my baby. Yes. Right. It actually gives life. Okay. Um, when, When skin touches other skin, it it actually uh, raises the vibration. It um, can stabilize your blood pressure okay. and your sugars yep. and your hormones. Yep. And it's like exactly what you said. It it's, it's definitely makes you secure. So part of um, that being nourished is the quality time. And, I, and those are the things that I recommend, like either hugging, eating together, mm-hmm. dancing together. Community. You know. Yeah going for a walk quality time i feel like in nature too yes so a lot of one of the things that we do as a family is we go for hikes okay a lot okay and um just i guess another part of that would be seeing green right because when you're in nature like there's no green that can be um duplicated okay Right. Okay. And and it actually um, centers the brain. It's like a calm and a peace. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, if you know, we're these days always on our devices, our phone, our computer. And sometimes I just like at lunchtime, I know that I need to eat, but I'll go in my backyard first, mm-hmm. and I'll just sit under the tree first. Right. Well, listen, the green is important because marketing companies are hip to that. So when we think of green, we think of life, we think of plants, uh, we think of health, we think of life and all those things. So the marketers know that we think that. And so think about if you just visualize yourself being in in a grocery store, a lot of the stuff that they have in there now, the packaging and all those things have green writing on it. And it says healthy or natural written in green because our bodies automatically yeah associate green with those types of things so that's just something to consider when you're shopping to read the label don't just read the first three things that are on the box that say healthy nutritious and then you know the organic thing is one thing and then the non-gmo thing is one thing but yesterday i saw a organic label that wasn't a real organic label it was just a circle with a little green um, barn in the back and it said organic 
Wow. So anybody who was buying that because we want to be healthy, we want to buy these things. One of my friends bought it and she showed it to me. It's organic, but I know it has to say USDA organic. organic yeah. That other one is just marketing. It's just marketing. So when you're trying to do the best, they got, you know, they yeah. have those tricks. So, you know, it just it does make sense that you're saying, you know, I even go ground. And yeah. for those of you who don't know what that is, like going out into nature. So you just remember we come from nature. We right. are nature. And we have gotten so pulled away from nature, being in our cities, being in our towns, being in these mixed use spaces. Like you, you go to any little city in the U.S. and you'll see where they have all these stores and then they have the restaurants and then they might have the mall and then it's like mixed use space and then they have the apartments they're like cookie cutters of yes. a little city everywhere. And that's kind of like the new town center. And they do have programming there, but there there's no trees. There might be some trees, but there's nowhere you can put your feet. It's concrete and these little closed off places for trees. Right. Grounding helps. To, grounding is being barefoot in the grass, on the dirt, at the beach, in the ocean, or, you know, on the sand. And it helps to give you negative ions to uh, counter the the positive ions that we get from pollution and bad food, bad water, Wi-Fi, and all those things. And it helps to balance us. But if you remember, depending on how old you were, you know, maybe the 70s, 60s babies, we were playing outside. We were outside running. We might have been barefoot. You know, just depends on what your mom allowed you to do. (laughs) Um, And then if you think of generations before, great-grandparents, they, they, some of them didn't have shoes, you yeah. know? So they walked barefoot all the time, so they didn't have these issues. We have what they call the rich society, rich man's diseases, because we have shoes, we have all this extra food, we have these buildings, we have Wi-Fi at every place you go to, and it is affecting our bodies, so we don't touch each other. We don't talk to each other. We don't even look at each other. There are social cues that you get um, from a little kid on what to do and what not to do based on human interaction, touching, looking, facial expressions. I remember being at my grandparents' house. My sister and I were little. If we looked up or if we acted up, she just gave us a look. Yes. We already knew she was about to call our mom. So we like got it <laughs> together. You know what I mean? Like we knew trouble was coming if we didn't pull it together. That's just a social cue. That's just human interaction, human communication, nonverbal communication that we're we're moving away from. And the grounding helps to um, calm us and it helps to detoxify us and helps to rebalance us. And people don't even think that. Most of the shoes since 1950s or 60s now are rubber. Oh, wow. So before, you remember, like, hard shoes you right. wear to, like, only to, like, spirituals, you know, like, if you go into temple or if you're going to church or whatever, you wear those hard shoes. Right. Otherwise, those you put leather. your sneakers on. Right. Leather, right. Now, the the rubber doesn't even allow our feet in them walking to ground at all. Hmm. So now we're not getting any grounding. And then we're in the car with all the rubber. So it's just like a cycle. Um, so these things that you're talking about will help us to kind of like mitigate some of that because it, it causes stress. It does. So you're, you're not eating well, you're not sleeping well, you're not talking and laughing with your friends and family, your job is a little bit stressful, and you're not digesting your food and all these things. Because you're not chewing it. Because you're not chewing it. So tell us, 
like some tips that we can, because we have 20 minutes left. So tell us some tips that we can do, especially as moms, because when we do it, our kids do it, and we're the ripple effect, that we can do to um, navigate some of these things. Yeah, so like you said, I always make, and I, I can do that because I'm homeschooling, but even on right. the weekends when my, you know, my husband's home, I make sure that we make time for mealtime. Okay. So we're always sitting together and we're eating together, no devices, mm-hmm. no TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I carry on that tradition from my grandmother where we have the um, see who can chew more. Gotcha. Right? Okay. <laughs> I might have to incorporate that. Um, so mm-hmm. that is a very simple way to teach kids to savor their food. Okay. Because otherwise, you're shoveling it in, right. you're not digesting, and you're not being nourished. Right. Right. This way they get to actually taste it. Um, water. I just don't buy anything. Um, like we, I just don't offer anything that, um, like we don't buy soda pop. Um, we may make juice every once in a while, but we make the juice. Okay. And um, I also encourage my kids to cook. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So like I said, my 11-year-old, he usually makes breakfast. So okay. here's his breakfast of choice. Okay. He likes to make smoothies. Okay. So I always make sure that the in-season yeah. fruits and vegetables are available. That's another topic. <laughs> That's yes. like a whole different podcast. Yes. <laughs> and I have Adama coming in to talk about that. Yes. So, um, and he'll, you know, just usually make, um, smoothies. Okay. Then my older son, um, he'll usually make breakfast on the weekends. Okay. He is like really good with omelets. Okay. And he'll do different things like, you know, shiitake mushrooms and different things like that. Um, my older daughter, well, the one that's left home, Mm -hmm. she actually likes to make desserts. Okay. And, uh, so she does all these different spins off of oatmeal. Okay. Oatmeal cookies, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's a superstar soccer player. Okay. And uh, so she has to pay attention to those kind of things. So she has all these different concoctions for oatmeal cookies or okay. bars. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, I feel like that's rolling the nourishment into one. The other thing yeah. is when we go to bed at night. Okay. Right. We all know about the praying bed, but... We take the time to calm down by exercising together. Okay. So now, clearly, I don't do it with my teenagers anymore, but with the baby crew. Okay. The last three. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're like, Mom, I need to do my exercise. And so I study a modality called eccentrics. Okay. Which is kind of like Pilates, kind of like Tai Chi. Okay. And it allows you to actually uh extend, strengthen, and tone all 650 muscles of the body. It's like an hour-long thing, so clearly for the little kids, I only do half an hour. Okay. Um, But it helps them to calm down, dial it back, Mm -hmm. and it will preserve their muscle tone over time. And for me... Well, yeah. It's supposed to help me to age backwards. So don't I look super young? (laughs) You do. You absolutely do. Absolutely. So talking about nighttime rituals, I've created some for my... So I have a 15-year-old. Okay. So I was going to ask, how do you get the older ones? Because it seems like you started this stuff early. I only started this about seven or eight years ago. So she was already like herself by the time. So it's been a little challenging getting her to buy in. 
Right. And she's even said, Mom, this is you. This ain't me. <laughs> but one of the things, you know, I, at night, we have a gratitude jar. Okay. And it's right between our rooms. So at night, we go in, we write the date, and we write what we're grateful for that day. So then at the end of the year, we're going to read them all on New Year's Eve and remember the awesome year that we had. So that's one. The other one is journaling. So that's like a way to detoxify and get things out so that you're not like thinking about them in your brain at night. My mom gave me my first journal uh, Christmas 1978. So I have pretty much been journaling for 40 years. Wow. Yes. I have books everywhere. Um and so that's just another way to detoxify. A lot of times, you know, in this time, it's popular. Let's detoxify. I'm going to do this seven-day smoothie juice. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do whatever. But just be clear, you know, for any listener who is about to, like, jump on that bandwagon, know that you have to detox emotionally, too. Yes. Because you, if you're blocked emotionally, then you can green fast, green juicy smoothie fast as, as many times as you want, but there's a block there. And that's just simply, um, like I tell my clients, it's easy. At night, you can do the 10 things that, you, that you're grateful for or that you love so that you don't go to bed with a, you know, upset, right. stressed out. In the morning, you can wake up and do one of those things, too. You can say how thankful you are. What are your goals for the day? You know, I always try to start off with loving thoughts so that yes. I can continue that way and then go to bed with loving thoughts. Um, but just getting it up and out. So journaling. And then I turn the Wi-Fi off at my house at night. I have a timer, just like a timer that people put on lamps because your body heals, repairs, and recovers. And actually, if you're under 26, it actually still grows um, during the night. And if the Wi-Fi is on, it's inhibiting those processes from happening in on top of the other things that have happened during the day. Bad water, bad food, no sleep, stress. So the Wi-Fi is just, these are things that you can do. It's, it's not extra, you know. It's just normal, natural. You can just go like to, to turn the off Home the Depot and yeah. turn off the Wi-Fi or get a journal. They have beautiful ones at Marshall's, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, or just get a, a tablet of paper. Um, and then just being grateful. Well, for my little ones, like my four-year-old, she's not reading. Well, she's trying to read, but, you know, she's not reading or writing yet. Okay. So our form of detoxing emotionally at the end of the night is after we exercise, then, okay. you know, we freeze frame. What's your favorite frame from today? Oh, cool. And then, you know, we hug each other and that's it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And for myself, you know, I briefly touched on it, but I really wanted to dive in a little bit more about emotions. I know we're like... Okay, go ahead. Completely let's, out of time. No, 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 no. Let's, let's do it. So... For myself, as I'm getting older, mm -hmm. right, I'm noticing that um, there's something that I've I've been good at being mindful with myself in most areas except for my emotions. Okay. And so in the past year, I've developed what I call the body-soul shift. Okay. Right? So this gives me an opportunity to recognize my emotions as a power source. Hmm. So... That's the being energized part. And a lot of times, you know, women were told that, oh, you're too emotional. And we feel a little bit shamed about expressing mm -hmm. ourselves or we're the angry black woman, right? Yep. 
But anger has a purpose. Yeah. Why are you angry? Because you're so passionate and you love something so much. Right. And it means something to you deeply. So you the body soul shift is where you take that anger and you connect it with your body through dance. Okay. And, you know, like there's, uh, I love this British rapper called Akala. Okay. Hip hop artist. And okay. um, so he has this song. Um, what is it called? Sometimes, and he and he just goes through, you know, what goes through your head, and like that's what the rap is all about. Sometimes I feel like I should just give up, you know, I'm a fraud, and you know all these things, but then I tell myself, no, that's not true. Okay. And so you know, it's interesting that's in his song, but. In my in my sweet talk piece, mm-hmm. it's is this true? What I'm thinking is it true? Right. Does it honor me? Right. And you know, is it um, is it really aligned with what I'm feeling? So you're doing all this, you know, with that emotion. You pick a song mm-hmm. like you like, you yeah. know, that aligns with that emotion. Yep. You dance it out, and then you sit with it and journal. Okay. And I do workshops like this monthly. Okay. So, um, you know, then you, you journal like where that anger sat in your body. And usually for women, it's in our joints, right? We have mm-hmm. like um, rheumatoid arthritis, air quotes. Right. And the rheumatoid <laughs> arthritis, if you'll read books by Dr. Christine Northrup. I love her. I love her, right? Yes. And she'll say that the inflammation in our joints is just years of resentment. Yes. And that's all it is. And it's in the womb, too. And yes, and we carry that through generations. Yep. So we can release all that by, instead of being angry and resentful, understanding, okay, why am I angry? I'm angry because I didn't speak my truth. I didn't tell someone that they're overstepping my boundaries or... I didn't. Um, I didn't do something that is close to my heart, and I should have done it at this time. And journal about it, and then say, okay, what can I do to correct this? Okay. So uh, the next part of that is, I I blend it with my eccentrics. So. In the eccentrics, that's where the release comes. So you do an exercise to release it, and then you know again um, move through the body. So it's you know obviously the the upper part where a lot of times we have our burdens on our shoulders, a lot of the fiery emotions, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. the frustration, the mm-hmm. anger, all that sits in our bellies. Yep, and then we have you know, the older stuff that sits in our hips and our lower back. So if you have lower back pain and hip pain, you know, it could be insecurity. It could Mm be um, not being fulfilled in a relationship. Right. It could be um, an intimate relationship. It could be a professional relationship. Right. But it sits in our hips. Yep. And so it's, you know, very important to move your hips. So I use different types of music. Right. And... um, I like to use African music, particularly, and um, Afro-Colombian music. Okay. Because you can really swing your hips with, you know, the small circles and the larger circles and move all the different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
but really just the the root of that or the core of all that is telling yourself sweet nothings you know like i am sad Mm -hmm. and my sadness has a power right and it's okay to express right that's what i was going to say it's okay like we're taught that you should always only be happy but yeah. we're given naturally all of these emotions yes they're natural yes. so if you feel like you gotta cry then cry yes if you feel like you're angry then you have to figure out why so it's like the we it's good for us to consider more of the why mm-hmm. than the what yes so the what is i'm angry yeah but like but that's not important why. it's the why why that's why you those things out yeah. and then the stress that you're talking about and those different things that happen in the body because the heart and the mind can forgive the body does not forgive it absorbs everything so while we are feeling like okay we might have sorted it out or whatever the body still is holding that energy and is becoming stagnant so whether anywhere on your body when you're feeling those things that's what it is so that's why it's super important and i'm just learning to take action on this. Like, you know how you know these things, but to take the action on figuring out the why of all of these different things has been really helpful. And the dance part, I do belly dancing now. Yeah, It's probably been the last year and a half that I took up belly dancing. And um, it has really like changed how I feel about things. It has even changed, um, helped me to rebalance my femininity because I'm a single parent. You know, and I take care of a lot of things on the ground all the time. And then in my past lives, I've been the boss at work. You know what I'm saying? And paying attention and managing all those things. So I'm used to getting stuff done and handling things. And so that doesn't bode well for my femininity because I'm using the male energy for those things. And that creates that creates um, stagnancy stress, tension. So I found the belly dancing and it's helped to relieve those things. It's helped me to rebalance. It's helped me to remember to try to be feminine. Yeah. You know, when yeah. things are happening, it's helped me to remember that it's important for me to figure out the why of what I'm feeling, not judging yes. the feeling or the emotion at that time, but just saying, what is this about? And that's the key is mm-hmm. not judging yourself. Doing it like I said with sweet talk. You have to do it with love. Right. You know, I am an amazing powerful woman who's very feminine. Mm-hmm. And at my last session um last Saturday, um this there was one woman there who's going through a divorce and she was like, "Oh my god, thank you for letting me move my hips." You mm-hmm. know, I'm a creative. Yeah. And I was wondering why I couldn't create anything and just that dance that we did like well, I had so taboo we're taught to not well, move your hips in the, the west in the Caribbean and Africa that's all they do yes but here it's like that you're nasty you know yeah. or you're, you're being fresh yes you know yeah. but that's not it I mean the creativity is in the womb yeah so whether you're birthing a baby or you're birthing an idea or a business or anything if that's stagnant you're not going to be able you can't to can't do much. So that makes sense. And we're learning that. We're yeah. learning that in the West. And we're pretty much, you know, women of color and women um, 
all over, but women of color, because we're the ones who were saying that's that's not good, but it's in us. But you hear that beat, yeah, and you automatically move. You can't you help. Know? Like um, my mom used to make fun of the way I walk. She's like, "Are you doing that because we have music on?" I was like, "I'm not." You right, know, like right. my hips would just go, but she would just sway. Yeah. She'd call it. Yeah. But um, it's interesting you talk about the belly dance too, because okay. there's this friend of mine when I was pregnant with my fifth child. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out about belly dancing for birth. Oh. And so I used that because she was sitting on my hip and my hips were hurting and I couldn't do my normal like pregnancy routine. Okay. So this belly dancing for birth was like a godsend. Wow. And she's a woman of color uh-huh. in Australia. Okay. Guess who comes to her workshop? Hmm. None of us. No, they don't. No. No. Just like one of us. Yeah. She was so happy to meet me on the internet. She was <laughs> right. like, we became best friends. I'm not even lying. Right. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's still that those layers of conditioning. And shame. On, on what's good and what's not good. And um, what's allowed and what's not allowed. But any of those little Zumba classes or whatever, those little classes you see at the gym, it's rarely that brown and black women are in those yeah. classes. So there's power. There's power in that. So we have about 10 more minutes. Tell me, you know, what else do you have for helping us calm, keep ourselves calm? Yeah, so I have come up with this. Um, I have a Facebook group already, right, called okay. Chaos to Calm for Supermoms. Okay. But I want to do a challenge. So I started a new group. Okay. And the challenge starts next Wednesday, and it's called Calm the Chaos Group. Calm the Chaos Group on Facebook. On Facebook. Okay. So um, over a period of five days, we're going to go through, um, we're going to start with the hard stuff. Okay. Unclear choices. Okay. I'm raising my hand because even with all my mindfulness, I have unclear choices sometimes. Yeah, we're human. (laughs) It's progress, not perfection. Yes. Exactly. Right. And then we dive right into our emotions understanding them and looking at them as power because a lot of women and the I have a questionnaire when you join the group a lot of women are saying you know I just want to ha- I don't want to have these negative emotions okay sadness anger frustration right hmm. are they negative emotions right we're going to look at that okay thoughts nourishing thoughts are you having you know sweet talk enough are you um are you spending time with people, right, who are nourishing you with the things they say? Okay. And then we're going to take those three things and find our bliss. Okay. And so day four is all about um, moving into bliss. Okay. With those things being the power. And then the fifth day is calm. Now, there are two more pieces of this that comes to the fulfillment and the sweet talk, but that's, you know, I'm going to have a five-week course following that will dive deeper into that. But just over the five days, we'll just get you to the calm. Right. Right. And um, Baby steps. Yeah, baby Baby steps. steps. So, yeah. Well, I think that one of the things that I want to do with this podcast and even in my private coaching business at the Goddess Awakening and Healing Sanctuary is to give women permission Sometimes you just need a little guide on the side that says it's okay. Yes. What is happening with you and what you are doing, even though it doesn't feel okay, it's okay, you know? Yeah. And then finding ways to navigate it and to get past it, get through it, 
through it, you know, get through it. And, and you know, it's not always easy, but I know that um, we're taught that we have to fight those emotions and we have to fight and push through things. And that's not the case. So one thing that really freed me back when I was just that new mom and I'm stressed out, I'm trying to figure out my life. And um, one of my girlfriends said that um, she, you know, she had two babies. She had two babies at, up to that point, And she was kind of complaining a little <laughs> bit. And I was like, you're allowed to do that? Like, I, I didn't think you were allowed to complain as a mom because... I thought I just had to be this mom and, you know, I'm the super mom and I have this new baby and, you know, I love my baby. She was so beautiful and cute and my baby was buck wild too. And I just had one. <laughs> I wasn't used to any of these things. Right. Right. I was overwhelmed. Thank goodness I didn't have the postpartum. Yeah. Because I think the universe was like, all right, we gave her that hyperemesis. Yes. She cannot take anymore. Yes. Right. But she gave me the permission, even though she didn't know it. I, t- I tell her this often now because our children are, you know, high school and, and college now. But she gave me the permission to think differently and to know that it was OK and to know that I wasn't a bad person because I was feeling these emotions and more. I didn't know to to. I didn't know to figure out the why at that time. Hmm. I was on self-preservation, but she allowed me to know that I wasn't a bad person and that I wasn't crazy and that it was okay to say what I was feeling in safe spaces, in a yes. sanctuary type of space yes. with people that um, loved me and cared about me and wanted to make sure I was okay because they saw me struggling. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that's what I want for us here in the sanctuary is you have permission to feel what you're feeling. You know, you have permission to not be the strong person all the time. You have permission to cry. You have permission to change course. Yes. You have permission to do the things that are going to make you feel awesome and happy, joyful and peaceful and nourished. You know what I'm saying? Now, whether... And really, that starts with you. Yeah. And I'm learning that you have to start with yourself. I, I that's say the, that's the tough part. You have to be your own sanctuary. Right. So we're wrapping up. This was awesome. Thank you. And I am hoping that we dropped a few nuggets that you can take. It starts with you. You have to love yourself. You have to self-preserve. We're pushing past self-care. You have to preserve uh, Cordelia gave great tips on how to nourish yourself, but also knowing if you get that uh, little bit of a craving, maybe get a little hug <laughs> or get a little something because it might not be that you need the food necessarily or drink some water. Now, tell us all of your socials where our listeners can find you. Right. Uh, everywhere on social media, I'm under Cordelia Gaffar. Okay. My Facebook group, like I said, is uh, Calm the Chaos Group. Okay. And um, my website is CordeliaGaffar.com. Okay. And I also have another one called WorkoutAroundMyDay.com. Okay. And they can find that on all social. Yes. And you do different, um, you have classes. And do you I have still the, do your podcast? I have the Replenish Me podcast. Okay. And episodes um, they can go back and listen. Yes, they can. Okay. That's on iTunes. Okay. I have the Body Soul Shift workshops, which I do monthly. The next one is September 9th. Okay. Um, and... 
Okay. Well, that sounds yeah. awesome. Thank you. Everybody follow Cordelia and get some ways to sweet talk yourself. Again, I'm Wendy Cherry. You've been listening to The Sanctuary. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Sanctuary. Please follow us at Awaken and Heal on Instagram and on the web at goddess-awaken.com to follow the revolution.